Welcome to Fulfilled, the ninth season of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament? Over and over, the Old Testament shows us that God is a God who keeps his promises, and none more important, the promise of a Messiah who would restore creation to its creator. We are calling this season Fulfilled because we will walk through just a few of these prophecies and see how Christ perfectly fulfills them during his earthly incarnation. Let's listen in as our guests share about one of these fulfillments today. Right, welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. I am your host, Bethany, and I am here today with my friend, Cindy. Um, So we, again, are in season nine of the podcast, which is all about looking at prophecies that God made in the Old Testament and how Christ fulfilled them in the New Testament. So Cindy, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what your life looks like these days, and just give us a little insight into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. Um, my name is Cindy. Uh, my husband and I have been married for almost 10 years, and we have two kids, four-year-old son and a two-year-old girl. So in the early mom stages of life and the chaos and <laughs> uh, just the mess, uh, but I love it. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I do work some outside mm-hmm. the home as a nurse and really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, love Jesus mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah, so that's awesome. I love those, that age range too, because the, some of the stuff that, you know, they, they teach us in those younger years mm-hmm. and the way they state things. I don't, I don't have children myself, but I'm around a lot of them. It's who man, the Lord can use those mm-hmm. little, uh, their those, honesty oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and how they, uh, work together as a double trouble yeah. getting into, you know, being honorary. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. So, um, like I said, today we're going to be talking about a specific prophecy. Um, so what from the old Testament have you chosen to kind of focus on today? Um, I've chosen to look at rest, mm-hmm. Sabbath rest, um, there's a period of my life uh, a little over a year ago that I felt like the Lord was saying, just wait. Mm-hmm. And then he told me to rest, to rest in him and to uh, just discover what that looks like in a life of being a young mom, not knowing what I'm doing half mm-hmm. the time um, and just being restless, you mm-hmm. know, just having, just being easily irritable or frustrated mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I am not at peace. I am not at rest. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And, um, you know, what is the Lord, what is the Lord trying to teach me mm-hmm. in this? Yeah. Um, so with that whole word of, um, the Lord just saying, rest in me, delight in me. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast that I listen to on a regular basis, um, the Bible project, not mm-hmm. that I'm oh no, like we, advertising. No, other, we love it. We love the podcast. Bible project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually did a series on rest, okay. uh, seventh day rest. Uh, so I have been just digging deep in the scriptures and wanting to know, you know, the, the Lord's heart in that mm-hmm. and what he has to, to teach us in that. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going to start with Genesis one, mm-hmm. of course, Genesis one, uh, 31, God saw that all he had made 
and it was very good. Mm -hmm. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Mm. So in that, um, the word rested is actually Shabbat, which Mm -hmm. means to cease from or Mm. to stop. So just to stop. But of course, God stopped because it was complete. Mm -hmm. Creation was complete. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we get, so I think how the translators chose to use the word rest Mm -hmm. is because in Genesis 2, and if you go on to verse 15, it kind of like fills that, Mm -hmm. um, just that picture in a little bit more, a little bit deeper. Um, But yeah, I think that the Lord, he's, he has a complete creation. Mm -hmm. He's blessed it. I mean, it's full of abundance, Mm -hmm. provision. It's something, safety, security. It's something that you can just stop, Mm -hmm. settle in, fill in, and enjoy the creation Mm -hmm. that he has. Um, And then if you go on to 215, the Lord, the Lord God took the man and put put him in the garden of Eden to work it and care of it. Um, and that actually, that phrase is a priestly phrase. So I looked to see like how, you know, cause we're talking about rest, but mm-hmm. then now he's saying like work it and take mm-hmm. care of it. That doesn't really sound like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that doesn't sound like rest. Um, but that is a priestly phrase um, where sh- you can look in numbers. I think it was chapters three and eight that I kind of found that in. Um, and the Lord God commanded them, commanded the man, you are free to eat in, of any of the tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Mm-hmm. So that word put, he mm-hmm. put him in the garden. That is actually a word that can be used as like rest. Um, it means to like settle him in, mm-hmm. to kind of like plant him in, mm-hmm. um, So I think the Lord just gives us this picture of here's God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. He is the king. He's ruling and reigning, but it's complete. Mm -hmm. And he has made a way for, you know, trees that can produce seed. So they're like life generating Mm kind of in themselves. But, you know, God gets that started. He gets that going. Um, And you just see his wisdom and generosity and abundance Mm -hmm. through that. And he welcomes us into that. He wants us to partner and um, co-rule with us because he calls us to rule with him. So, um, so yeah. So I think that just gives us a taste of his freedom mm-hmm. and his just his creation and just his love for us mm-hmm. that he would want to want to partner with us and have us join him in mm-hmm. with that yeah. with his work. Yeah. So. Um, Obviously, being in Genesis, you know, mm-hmm. we, we love talking about context, um, you know, in all of our summer studies and things like that. That's always, you know, something we try to emphasize at the forefront. You know, you really have to understand the context before you can delve into what, what it's meaning. So Genesis is obviously unique because it's, you know, at the very beginning. So what, um, what do we know, you know, and you've touched on this a little bit, what is going on, um, during these initial, you know, instructions for rest, um, who, who was talking, 
Um, what were the original hearers? What would they have potentially been thinking as they're hearing um, what's going on? So, you know, thinking about the original characters in the story, you have God and then the first people who are hearing God's words are Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the literal, literal, literary, <laughs> in the literary um, concept, you see Moses was the mm-hmm. person who wrote this. So he, and then his original audience was the Israelites in the desert mm-hmm. at Mount Sinai mm-hmm. and them wandering the desert. So, which was, you know, how many years later? Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I think about, um, w- like, what did all of this, what did God's words mean to the original listeners? And you can look at it from the angle of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the Israelites. Honestly, I feel like they, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't understand God's heart mm-hmm. behind, like, what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, because then in Genesis 2, um, you see that, you know, that the seventh day rest, this, um, this rest, you know, taking the borders of Eden out mm-hmm. to cultivate it, to grow it, to take care of the plants, the garden, the animals, that wasn't fulfilled yeah. or, you know, it wasn't reached mm-hmm. um, to its ideal sense. Um, and so Adam and Eve chose to kind of do things their own way, mm-hmm. to take wisdom for themselves. Um, and so then you see that kind of repeated with the Israelites then too. They weren't faithful to the covenant um, because I just, they, they didn't understand who God was in mm-hmm. his heart. Mm-hmm. So then they again took wisdom for themselves and wanted to do things their own way. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's a theme that we see a lot, like you said, even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, especially for me as somebody who, you know, grew up in the church, grew up, you know, hearing hearing this preached and taught a lot, um, it's easy for me to kind of blow through the creation account and right. blow through, you know, I know what happens in the first few yeah. chapters of Genesis, but then to really like rewind and think about like what God tells Adam and Eve before sin enters the scene, mm-hmm. because um, I know we're talking about rest, but the, um, the instructions for work predated the fall. So Mm -hmm. work was not a consequence of the fall. Correct. Um, the toil and all that came about. So, you know, God doesn't say, Hey, you should rest because sin is now going to make you real tired. Like, you know, that was, that was (laughs) built into our framework. And then, you know, we see how, you know, you mentioned the Israelites kind of not understanding like God's character. Mm -hmm. We see that that's really how Adam and Eve got tied up in the original sin. They doubted, you know, Satan mentioned something that's just like nudging the truth, Mm -hmm. but wasn't. And it casted all this doubt on who God was. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, as soon as they, you know, Adam and Eve took their eyes off God, as soon as the Israelites, you know, repeatedly take their eyes off God, you know, we do that. Right. That's when we get ourselves in trouble Mm -hmm. because we've lost where our focus is supposed to be. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, history. There's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) Like it's the same story over and over. Yeah. But the amazing thing that we can rest in is like God knew that was mm-hmm. going to happen. Yep. Or like he sees um, just our brokenheartedness and our brokenness mm-hmm. and he loves us in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can definitely rest in that. But yes, you bring, a, you bring up a great point. Um, 
I, and I don't even know when I heard this, but I heard this concept of you don't rest from work, Mm. but you work from a place of rest. Um, and that shifted my paradigm, Mm. the framework of how I see, um, even just the day to day of kids run around, Mm. like it just feels like things are never ending. Laundry is never ending. Dishes are never ending. It's like, oh, it like, yeah, you have this toil. It's like you're fighting against Mm. what should come natural Mm -hmm. or, or what feels like just a natural thing in life. Cause God gave us the ability to have kids. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be a struggle, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, right. You live in that tension every day. Um, but anyway, so yes. So thinking about where um, Adam and Eve were at that at that moment, mm-hmm. God giving them this promise, um, this life of um, just this this day of rest. Mm-hmm. That and honestly, if you look through, if you go back, the seventh day actually breaks the pattern. Days one through six, it says there's evening and there was morning, mm-hmm. and then you go into the next day, seventh day. There's there's not that. Hmm. Uh, description of there was an evening yeah. and a morning. So you get the sense of, oh, like this is probably maybe going to be a perpetual thing that mm. the seventh day never ends. Um, I don't know. It just leaves you a question. Yeah. Huh. It's like, huh, where's God, where's God going yeah. with this? Because if, if he takes six days to cre- create the, the cosmos um, on the seventh day, it's complete. Right. So there's, you don't need like an eighth day to keep creating. (laughs) But, but anyway, so yes, so he, but God definitely gives us this pattern, um, on the seventh day to settle in with him in this complete creation Mm -hmm. and just enjoy the, the abundance of what he has given us. So then, um, I'm going to take you to Leviticus 23. Um, this, I'm telling you what, the more, the more I, live in Leviticus, Mm -hmm. you see the Lord's heart and you see the patterns that he's already established with the, like with humanity Mm -hmm. and with the Israelites, um, that really you see who he is, but I'm going to take you to Leviticus 23 and it says right at the beginning, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sabbath, that seventh day that God invited us into, like he's reminding us, he's taking us back to the garden of like, this is a day that belongs to me because I've provided all this for you. Mm -hmm. And I want you to live in that truth. Um, I want you to live, um, as if, um, you know, your time is not your own, Mm -hmm. that it's a pointer to how, you know, I'm the creator of all time, but you can trust in my wisdom, Mm -hmm. in my, in my generosity. So I just love that. Um, and then Leviticus 25, you may not know where I'm going with with all of this. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. I'm here. But for it. I, this is just it, when I, the longer I sit in this, it just amazes me. Um, so in Leviticus 25, the Sabbath year, and I'm going to actually read all of or the Sabbath year. I'm going to read all of this because it's good. 
The Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But the seventh year the land is to have a Sabbath of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your manservant, your maidservant, the hired worker, the temporary resident who live among you, as well as for the livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. And I just love this picture of whatever, like, give your land rest. Mm -hmm. And in that, your animals get to rest. You get to rest for a full year. I mean, think about that. And then whatever the land produces, which we will get to this in Matthew. That's kind of where I'm heading. But Mm -hmm. whatever the land produces, like, just eat. Eat of its abundance. Mm -hmm. Trust that the Lord will provide in that sixth year that it's going to be mm-hmm. enough for that seventh year. Mm-hmm. And then even that eighth year when you harvest mm-hmm. your crops again, yeah. but they haven't fully, or when you plant your crops, right. but they haven't harvested yet. So trust that the, that the Lord is going to provide. Yeah. Um, and then, and honestly, if you think about it, it is, it's an equalizer sure. that we're all equal, that we all take part in that because he, he includes you the Israelites, the mm-hmm. chosen people, the manservant, the maidservant, the hired worker, temporary resident, they all get mm-hmm. to enjoy. So no like no one's left out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just go through the Jubilee, but honestly, go through the year of the ju- Jubilee and just sit in this. This is good. Um, so the year of the Jubilee, so when they enter the promised land, every seventh year, they take a year off essentially kind of like a weekend, but like a long, a long long weekend. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Um, and then the year of the Jubilee would be every like seven sevens. Mm -hmm. So every like beginning, it's like halfway through the 49th year is when they start the year of the Jubilee. And then that lasts for maybe around a year. I, I don't think that it's actually described in this, but, um, so yes, the year of the Jubilee, it starts on the day of atonement. And then um, everyone is to return to his own property. So if you think about like in Joshua, mm-hmm. when God allots, you know, the, the tribe of Judah gets so much land, tribe of Ephraim gets so much land, mm-hmm. you know, you go through all of that. I think that's what he's talking about when he says um, everyone is to return to his own property. But if you read this, I mean, follow my decrees, I'm In verse 18, chapter 25, follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit. You will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send such a blessing in the sixth year Mm -hmm. that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop Mm -hmm. and will continue to eat from it the harvest of the, the ninth year when that comes in. Um, and then I'm just going to skip over to, to verse 39. If one of your countrymen becomes poor among you and mm-hmm. sells himself to you, do not make him work as a slave. He is to be treated as a hired worker or temporary resident among you. He is to work for you until the year of the Jubilee. 
then he and his children are to be released. Like they're sent free. They're Mm -hmm. liberated from this life of toil and slavery. Um, So, yeah, just full of just um, debts forgiven, release of slaves. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, reading through that, you really see God's heart. Yeah. Um, and what he wants to do, you know, in our hearts through that as well. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's reminders. It's this practice of living that future hope Mm -hmm. and new creation when all is fulfilled, like here, Mm -hmm. like here and now. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so just that physical and, and then what do you think that does to their souls too? It gives them that sense of just like spiritual freedom as well when it, when they have that physical freedom. Yeah. So you mentioned already a little bit of what's to come in Matthew. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we see this concept of rest and Sabbath kind of going from the, you know, very beginning of the initial Mm -hmm. books that we see in the Bible and then kind of going through um, and seeing that embodied in who Christ is, where, where do we see this theme kind of going? Um, just, uh, I want to quickly touch on Isaiah because mm-hmm. this, I've never really understood Isaiah. I get lost in it <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but Isaiah 61, the year of the Lord's favor, mm-hmm. it says, uh, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim, proclaim freedom for the captives, release to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, comfort all who mourn, Mm -hmm. provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of uh, beauty instead of ashes, oil of gladness. Uh, They will be called oaks of righteousness, righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the day of his splendor. That, um, so there you see release, you see liberation, but then I feel like it goes a little deeper Mm -hmm. and it says, like you get the sense of forgiveness for of sin. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it goes a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Yes, the year of jubilee is great, gives mm-hmm. us a picture of God. But then he, like we need our hearts transformed. Yeah. Like we need and that can only by, happen by God's grace. Um so yeah, so I feel like Isaiah plants those seeds mm-hmm. of there will be a person because this is all in like the spirit of the Lord is on me. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's all, I don't know if you read the last half of Isaiah, it talks about the suffering, suffering servant mm-hmm. and the one who's going to bring God back as king mm-hmm. and who's going to bring God's kingdom back yeah. to kind of the way it was back in, you know, the garden, garden of Eden yeah. where he ruled, where God ruled yeah. and reigned. Um, but even with um, Luke, Luke 4, I mean, Jesus starts his, um, he starts his mission. Um, he just gets out of the wilderness and Satan tempts him mm-hmm. and Jesus passes the test. Yeah. And he, and it says, this is Luke 4, 14, and the power of the spirit was on Jesus. So now he's walking around, he goes to the synagogue and this is what Jesus says. He opens up the mm-hmm. scroll there, or well, he's handed the scroll that's open to Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of, lo- of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, mm-hmm. to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilling that ideal 
that Sabbath rest yeah. ideal and it's come, it's going to come through him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I love that just picture mm-hmm. of just God's heart. Yeah. Um, I love what you said too, kind of how this Isaiah passage goes deeper. So it, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like at least initially the directives in um, Leviticus seem much more focused on the physical provision. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, yes, the, the refreshment that comes from, you know, taking right. rest. But in Isaiah now we're, we're talking about relief from mourning and we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, sins being forgiven that, that like you, you mentioned kind of the focus is now not just on your physical need for right. rest, but that your soul needs refreshment mm-hmm. and that, you know, God isn't just concerned about providing for our physical needs, right? but he, you know, he cares for those other aspects of our needs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, man, such good news. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. Such good news. Um, so I'm just, I know this is probably a lot of scripture, but Man, when you... We never need to apologize for that. (laughs) But I'm telling you what, when you start following, you know, if you take a theme, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and you start from page one, and it's like you see it everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, man, this is how this this is connected to this, and that's how that's connected to that, and it just... It just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. When you link them all together, it's like, that's what God's trying to do. Mm -hmm. That's what he's trying to to tell me and teach me through this. Um, But yeah, so I'm going to go through, uh, I'm going to jump to Matthew 12 now, and this is verses one through three. And now like putting this in the context of what we just read in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament, like now it makes sense. Um, And I'll uh, go back up to Matthew 11 as well. But Matthew 12, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for priests. Uh, Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and you are innocent. I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent for the son of man Mm. is the Lord of the Sabbath. Mm. Right? I've never understood this passage. (laughs) And so reading of the year of Jubilee and the Sabbath year, you know, just how God provides, you think, oh, man, I'm hungry. Well, you know, Jesus is sitting there like, well, there's some grain over there. Just go (laughs) eat it. (laughs) Right? Like God's going to provide. Yeah. See that grain over there? Just he's providing right before your eyes. So take part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, in that he embodies Mm -hmm. the goodness, the, the kingship, the rule and reign of God Mm -hmm. of his provision. Mm -hmm. And he's going to do that. Um, and we can rest in God's sovereignty, you know, in all of that. Um, and then, of course, I gotta, I gotta finish, finish with um, Matthew eleven, where God or Jesus. So Jesus is talking, and he. Let me see. This is Matthew eleven twenty five is where I'm gonna start. 
Um, and at Jesus, at that time, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. I just love that. Yeah. So it's, it's something that you can definitely rest in. I think it's interesting too. Again, we see, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, context for the, you know, the old Testament references and here, you know, we, we see similar, similar themes where, you know, we, we see hearers, whether it's like the direct, you know, people that are listening or being spoken to with the, you know, the rule keepers of the day that are just missing mm-hmm. the point again. Mm-hmm. They're they're so focused on the letter of the law and they're totally missing the the heart behind it. Yeah. And just the, you know, Christ comes on the scene after, you know, years and years of being um in captivity or being lorded mm-hmm. over and you know mm-hmm. he's coming in as, you know, this this unrealized messiah, you know, at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but what he offers is rest mm-hmm. to, to his hearers, whether they know that they need it or not, right. or they're so distracted by these other things mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just kind of mi- still, still missing it. Right. Even when he kind of lays it out for them. <laughs> I know. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So what do you feel, yeah. um, how, you know, you, you talked about it a little bit about, you know, when you were giving some background of how this became, um, a theme that you felt the Lord impressing on you Mm -hmm. to dig more into what, you know, looking at both the, you know, the old Testament introduction of these themes and, you know, elsewhere in the the new Testament, you know, we we've touched on a little bit. Um, why do you feel like this, um, this theme of rest is so important? Why, why God, as we've seen has woven it through so much of Mm -hmm. his word. It wasn't just a one-off. It's there. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, man, at the time I've, I found myself in a leadership position, Mm -hmm. just getting burned out, just getting wore out. It was just like this endless, tired exhaustion, you know? Um, and then at the time, I guess my kids were around like three and one then. So a little, little bit younger. Um, it was just, it was too much. Mm. It was too much. And so, um, I ended, you know, my husband and I ended up stepping down from the leader, the leadership position. And honestly, it felt like freedom because I could, like I didn't have expectations of anyone. Mm. I, um, you know, I could take all that, the extra time at the time. And I know there's, there's seasons of leadership. Mm-hmm. Of course there always is. Um, and doing what the Lord has called you to do. But I felt like the Lord was calling us to just step down, just rest in me because you're, you're striving. Mm-hmm. You're just striving too mm-hmm. much. Um, I felt like I was striving to make up the weaknesses of other people or, to, um, you know, kind of like meet this deadline and meet that deadline, um, you know, to, to see fruit, um, that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Lord was just saying, 
you know, what, like, what is the space that I'm creating to allow God's presence Mm -hmm. to dwell instead of just doing everything out of my own strength? Um, what am I inviting the spirit into? Um, what is this, what is the space that I'm making to dwell into his presence and to dwell in his heart and his spirit? Um, you know, a place where I'm being fully present with the Lord and delighting in him. And what does it look like to enjoy God or what does it look like to, um, you know, to rest in a sense that it, that it seems playful or fun, um, instead of just being weighted down by just, you know, life, (laughs) but you know, life was a gift, you know, life is something that God gives us. It's a gift. So how, you know, how am I doing with, Mm. with really my focus or how I'm defining life? Like, is it a gift or is it just something Mm. I'm just like trudging through the mud, you know, just (laughs) trying to get nowhere? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's been, uh, it's just been a beautiful journey to see God, um, and his presence, Mm. his nearness, um, his promises, so it's, it's been something. Yeah. So what, um, what does it mean for us to serve a God who values rest and to see his kind of fulfillment in bringing that to bear through Christ's life on earth? Mm. You know, and I was thinking as I was reading through the, um, just Leviticus and just kind of the, the laws, the, um, the guidelines mm-hmm. of how, you know, cause we're free from the law. So it's not like but, you know, it's, it's the Torah. It's yeah. what God told his people to do at that time, the Israelites. But, you know, the, the sense of, you know, you see his patterns. You see his patterns every seven days. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a, a break from work and rest and um, remind yourself that God is king. Um, remind yourself that, that he, like his, his kingdom rules, mm-hmm. not mine. Um, and so it, it's kind of, it's kind of convicted me cause I don't really practice like the Sundays, mm-hmm. like the Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, because I work, the job that I work at is I work holidays, weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can almost seem like I'm just this cycle of mm-hmm. just always working or there's always something to mm-hmm. do. Um, so, and I'm still learning in this as far as like, we are habit forming creatures and there is something about taking every Sunday to rest, mm-hmm. to worship God, <clears throat> celebrate his resurrection, you know, have meals, feast, see God's kingdom on earth, um, as it is in heaven. Um, but then in the other sense, it's like, if I were, if I go into my job that day, I can be a part of God's bringing of the kingdom mm-hmm. by healing people, by praying with them, spe- seeing the spirit move yeah. um, to bring forth just, yeah, God's presence into people's lives. Yeah. So so I'm still wrestling on that one because there's definitely wisdom yeah. in taking that day off a week um, because I don't know, I feel like it does something to your psyche mm-hmm. to like remind yourself like God is king yeah. and Jesus has fulfilled that. Yeah. So I can rest. Yeah. Like when I, I think it's too, for, for me, my, my struggles and rest have, it, it feels like 
blocking off the time and the calendar mm-hmm. truly is is only scratching the surface. Right. Because I can fill that time with a bunch of other garbage. Right. And so really that Sabbath, which um, Natalie, um, her, who um, was one of our you know, in, initiators of Date Women of the Word, she's, she's done a lot of um, kind of thinking through what Sabbath and rest means mm-hmm. to her and just... Yeah. You know, being reminded that it, it's not it's not just about the schedule. That's certainly a big part of it, but right. it really is like the heart behind mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that, that Sabbath. How can you live in peace and enjoyment when life is like a mess? Right. Yeah. How can you walk in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, to bring that peace yeah. um, when everything else is falling apart around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That that's and that's the good news yeah. that that Jesus, um, you know, he when he's present, when he the spirit dwells in us, that we he gives the way to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as we kind of wind down, are there any last um, words of encouragement you have for our listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, and honestly, what what comes to what comes to my mind, I feel like what the Lord's been teaching me is like, what about God's character brings me the the most rest? Um, his love, that we don't have to strive in our shame. We don't have to strive in our guilt um, to like earn his love or to earn his salvation. We can just rest. It's given, it's already given to us and it's a free gift. Um, his sovereignty that he has control over everything, every minute detail, um, that we don't have to. And honestly, that's something that like takes a lifetime to, you know what I mean? To like understand and like to get that truth of just his sovereignty, um, and his presence, his presence has like, he's so near and dear, you know? Um, and then, uh, the salvation, the forgiveness that brings internal rest to my soul is just, it's over, it's almost like overwhelmingly like good news mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, I don't know. You just, you just have to sit in it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we're actually recording on a weekend, so it's a good, you know, reminder to me to, you know, use, use the time well before you know a uh, traditional work week starts on mm-hmm. Monday. so yeah. thank you so much That's for true. being with us today cindy yeah thanks for having me